You're listening to Heating Up the UK, a Miami Heat UK-based podcast, bringing you the best heat media guests every single week. Here's your host, Dan Healy, brought to you by at the Miami Heat UK social media network. Enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to episode 46 of Heating Up the UK, a Miami Heat UK-based podcast. I am your host, Dan Healy. And before we come to today's episode, I just want to ask you to check out our Vice Fits merch. We are running a competition via our YouTube channel and our Twitter accounts. All you have to do, if you don't know what our Vice Fits merch is, go and check them out at Vice Fits on Twitter. They are a fantastic range of Miami Heat vice infused tees and hoodies we've got a collection of over 20 on there now and as you know we have recently started our youtube channel miami hits uk tv and we are approaching 200 subscribers which we're really pleased about so all you have to do go onto our youtube channel hit the subscribe button go into my account find that tweet of me saying about the giveaway it will be somewhere near the top i will keep retweeting it reply to that tweet that you have subscribed and retweet that tweet and then you will be in with a chance to win a free vice fits tea and this is worldwide shipping so this is not a uk competition at all so that's all you have to do three quick things subscribe reply subscribe on the twitter and retweet that tweet and you'll be in with a shout good luck guys right on to today's episode and i'm delighted to be joined by the host of the in the lane podcast tony schwartz also known as twisted tapioca tony how are you doing my friend yeah i'm doing fantastic bro i'm so happy to be here i know before we came on i was trying to bribe you to get one of those vice shirts as well <laughs> uh he would not take peanut butter which is a shame because that's all i had in my cabinet so <laughs> brilliant right um first of all i need to really really thank you man because for those that do not know if didn't see my tweet we recorded one of the best episodes ever. It was so much fun a few days ago. 40-odd minutes long. It was great. And then when I went to say goodbye, I went to tap the end recording and saw it was saying to record. So I've done the whole thing without recording it. I'm looking in my top left-hand corner as we speak, and there's a red <laughs> flashing light saying recording. So we are good, man. Thank you so much for coming back on and joining me. Um, yeah, no, the episode was so good. We had to just keep it for ourselves, bro. That's what happened. <laughs> it was a great chat. Whatever happened, we had good, we had good fun. Um, Tony, you join at quite a good time, really, because the heat are rolling at the moment. We're on all-star break as we speak now. Um, we had just come off of the last game of the uh, the first half of the season, which was against the Pelicans. Uh, another nice defensively um, elite performance, holding the Pels to 93 points in that game. Um, I know they was without Zion, but we was also without Bam. So, you know, two stars missing from that game. But the main thing that I took away from not just this game, but the season, the first half of the season in general, was... Defensively, this team is way, way better than what I thought this was going to be. I mean, when you look at especially our best defensive players, Avery Bradley has barely featured. Mo Harkless was, was brought in to do that sort of job. He's not really featured, and where he has, he's not actually been very good. We've had long spates of the season without Jimmy Butler. He's missed a lot of games. So really, we've been doing this with Bam and Iggy, and that's about it. Tony, how have we been such a great defensive team this year? Well, uh, defensive rating is the stat that everybody references, and we're ninth right now in uh, league defensive rating. 
I, I don't think we've been as great as that shows. Uh, I think what we do very well is trap ball handlers off the pick and roll. Uh, and I think we protect the rim really well. Those two things are, are weighed pretty heavily in defensive rating. So like, this is a, a cop-out answer. We, we are a really good defense because we're a really good system defense. We play uh, an aggressive trap scheme and, and we play it really fucking well. Yeah. Um, but our pieces are so undersized that I can't sit here, look you in the eye and go, yeah, great defense. Love it. Can't wait for the rest of the season to play out. <laughs> Cause I, the macro is still, we have to play the nets and the 76ers at some point, ideally in the playoffs, if we're going to make a run and I, I, I don't like it, but Yes, to your credit, you make a great point. This team has been surprisingly good on defense, and there's uh, Duncan has made very progressive steps in the pick and roll. So is Kelly. Kelly was a pick and roll like attack piece. Uh, the other team would see Kelly and then immediately start to run the pick and roll with him. But uh, since we're helping with Jimmy off the corner now in the trap, which is something we did a lot of last year, uh, defense looks a lot better. Uh, yeah, so we're pretty good. That's how we're doing it. We're doing it by getting back to trap defense and uh, letting Bam kind of play that that wild card, block the hell out of your shot from behind kind of thing. And yeah. it's been pretty cool. Yeah, it has. And you're right to bring up people like um, Duncan and, uh, and and Kendrick Nunn as well, who's been who's improved massively mm -hmm. uh, from from just an eye test point of view this season. When you look at we lost Jay Crowder, Derek Jones Jr., who um, defensively is. Uh, you know, th that's their strongest points really before anything else. To lose them, um, as I said, we haven't really seen the two players that were brought in to replace them, unfortunately, due to injuries and form, etc. But uh, yeah, so players like Kendrick and Duncan have definitely stepped up, which is great to see. Another player that um, splits opinion, and I've said many times as well, um, you, we've, you either get a very a very good or a very bad Kelly Olinick. You don't seem oh, to get any seven foot trash can or Larry Bird, yeah. You don't seem to get anything in between, really. It's crazy. And the last time out, um, his shot suddenly started to drop. I think he hit. He was on about uh, a dozen points after four, three or four minutes of play against the Pels. So uh, we saw his shooting come back. But what do you make of Kelly? Because he splits the fan base. Um, it, uh, from my point of view, and I've said it again many times before, uh, I, I don't like to bag on him because the Heat have got a lot of fours and none of them are particularly good. Um, but uh, Kelly's come in and held that down quite well. Um, what do you make of what Kelly Olynyk brings to this team? Look, there's so many analytical stats that point to when Kelly's in the floor that we're a better squad offensively and defensively. I think a lot of that is he feels comfortable with himself in his own skin out there in the floor. So he's making decisions quickly. Um, he impacts rebounding somehow. I don't know how, because I've never seen his arms go above his head unless he's shooting the ball, but <laughs> he impacts rebounding somehow. Maybe it's just size or maybe he's an elite box out guy. I, I honestly haven't been watching him too much. I really should be on, on defensive rebounds. Um, Kelly Olynyk's good for this team and he's so good for this team that he makes this like like uh, pretty big decision that we have to make if we ever want to attack the trade market and use a salary filler like what guy are we including in that deal is it Kelly Olynyk? is it Andre Iguodala because as of right now we have three top 20 defensive box plus minus guys Jimmy, Bam, and Iguodala Iguodala is like legitimately impacting our defense uh, and spurring it forward with steals and then occasional like uh, just box plus minus, which is his defensive impact on the guy he's defending. So the, the, there's a real question there. Um, 
my it's hard for me to make a a, a direct analysis of Kelly because mm-hmm. he's so like you said up and down he's never in the right like consistent mindset shooting the ball one of my favorite things from the season was Eric Reed reminding us that Kelly was two of whatever for the last like six weeks he was like two of 62 or some <laughs> bullshit before he started having some good games so I don't I personally hate inconsistency um and so Kelly drives me nuts but I I don't I don't hate the guy I I like him on the team and if we can keep him in any deals or moves that we do this year I think that's the 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 best spot yeah I I totally agree because it's it's a strange scenario because he does the the analytics tell you that he does help you win we're better with him on the court um so yeah i'm i'm um, i'm hoping that you know he's an expiring contract i'm hoping that we keep him whatever happens in trade deadline um he's a useful player whatever happens he's not really a starter you don't win a championship with kelly alinek as your starting power forward but um you know he's, he's a useful player he gives you some solid minutes so i hope that uh i hope that kelly's here for the rest of this season another player that has really raised my eyebrows this year is Andre Iguodala. I mean, man, this guy is playing by far his best um, his best basketball in a Miami Heat uniform. This is a guy who was a you know former Finals MVP, and you know he's on a pretty hefty contract still. And a lot of people were questioning that move with. You know, maybe we were saying, well, you bring him in just to add some experience, that veteran presence, and so on. But from a basketball point of view, he's playing. You know, he's still got these ridiculously fast hands. He's chipping in with some points. He's not, uh, throwing down some threes are coming down. Uh, he's got some bounce in those legs still. We're getting some dunks from 324-year-old Iggy. It's uh, <laughs> quite incredible. What have you made of, um, of Andre's recent form? Uh, he looks healthy. Maybe the Florida sun is loosening up those legs. He looks real springy. He's moving around on defense really well. He's shooting around 40% in his field goal percentage. So he's doing really good in that part. So um, I, I think he's, I think he's rounding into some kind of uh, third act, some kind of athletic prime for his third act uh, going out. And man, I I do love watching him play you know, I'm a defensive guy and watching him get those post steals is, is one of my favorite things. And obviously he contributes really hard on defensive box plus minus, uh, I went to go look it up. He, he's 12th in the league or no, I'm sorry. He's eighth in the league in defensive box plus minus. Wow. Which I find incredible because Jimmy's fifth and Bam is 12th. So wow. uh, he's a hell of a player, man. I, I really like that guy. Yeah, that's, that is incredible. That's an incredible stat. So uh, yeah, you, we, um, so we, we approach now we're at, we're at all-star break actually, as we record this now, the, the all-star break is about to go ahead. <laughs> well, in quite incredibly considering the breaking news just a couple of hours ago that, uh, both Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid are not going to be participating. Before we come on to anything else, what do we make of all-star break? Should this have, should this be going ahead? Because for me, it just seems ridiculous. I totally get the fact that all-stars should be credited as all-stars, but why are we playing this game? Oh yeah. We shouldn't have been playing the game period. Um, I mean, that's my take on things. And I understand you have to, you have to play the game and you can't live in fear. Uh, but we didn't have to play it this year and we didn't have to play it when there's a vaccine rollout that's right on the horizon. So, uh, we're putting players in danger here. Uh, we're taking the league's most valuable assets, putting them all in one room and, and, you know, having them play against each other. So if if you're worried about, you know, long-term money and, and sponsorships and consistency of a product. I mean, uh, the all-star game feels like a really stupid idea because you just taking all your best players, putting them in a bag and shaking them up. Yeah. 
this could have been a wake up call for them, kind of stop the the season, stop not the season, but stop the events of this All Star weekend. But uh, they they're clearly on the path of doing it and wanting to find some maybe analysis from it, maybe uh, data points, tracking points for them. Uh, it might be a good place to see if we can actually have a playoff uh, inside of teams arenas. So they're bringing the players all to this, you know, one spot without having them live in a bubble for two weeks beforehand. So they might be tracking it and they might really want to do this all-star game less about money and more about finding tracking points like that. But that seems real dumb to me. I wouldn't do it. Uh, So that might be a hot take. I'm putting that out there. Yeah, it does. It just doesn't seem right. It seems like it's sort of money orientated and, um, you know, I, I get it's a difficult situation, but I just think from, uh, the NBA, Adam Silver, in, in general, they, they they handled all of this pandemic so well compared to other sports, major sports in America. And it seems like that they're making bad decisions on this. And it shouldn't it, to be for me. It was just a pointless exercise. I don't need. I mean, for me, I, I I'm I'm not sure. I know it's quite a big deal over America. I've never really particularly um, been over, over um, uh, enthusiastic about the whole All Star thing. Anyway, I've never really particularly enjoyed the games. Um, I, I quite like the the um, the contests, etc. But for me, this year it just should never should never have happened. So uh, we'll see. It's going to happen. Obviously, uh, it won't include any Miami Heat players, which for me. I'm even more uh, happy about now, but I wasn't happy about it uh, for a while because um, Jimmy Butler came on the on the back of this since he's come back from COVID. He's been absolutely on a tear. Um, he's playing like a pissed off all star. How is a top ten player? And yes, I said it, a top ten player in the NBA not involved in all-star weekend well we should be happy man the the one thing that the finals did for us was give us some more like of a spotlight hey here's some fucking fuel for jimmy you know like get snubbed from an all-star bam too duncan uh you know not even being invited to the three-point contest what awesome fuel for this like team that thrives on being underdogs and and pushing themselves to you know prove everybody wrong but it's bullshit uh he's definitely an all-star he was almost averaging a triple double for uh, each game that he was back from the COVID stuff. So, I mean, it, it, it's absolute nonsense. They just happened, I think, to do voting at a time when we were on a losing streak. Yep. You do that, national media doesn't give a crap. They're just looking at their record. They're just looking at who's hot, who's not, and then putting teams in that way. Um, or they're going off last year's record. Like, I, Boston having two All-Stars is insane to me. Yep. Like, absolutely insane. Yeah, he's, uh, as I said, it's not a lot of them. Maybe look at just the stats and so on, but he's such an impactful player that I just cannot, I just can't get my head around it. I mean, I'm not fussed about it, especially now, um, but it does annoy you. And and Jimmy, you're right. Jimmy Butler has been playing like a like he has got something to prove because he's an all star in every sense of the word. He's shooting forty so, percent from three. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, where did this come from? <laughs> it's incredible. Um, right, actually, whilst we before we come off of all star, the, the quick question here because Miami Heat have won seven of their last eight games. Um, did all star break sort of come at the wrong time, or do you think that they just thought no, we, this is a good thing because we're we're on a roll, uh, a, a nice bit of rest before uh, coming back to uh, resuming this schedule? But did it, you know, is momentum and winning is everything? You know, did this come at the wrong time for the Heat? Yeah, I feel like I'm about to play devil's advocate to your answer, but no, I came at the perfect time. This team's super uh, unhealthy as it sits right now. We we 
are looking at heavy, heavy, heavy Kendrick Nunn facilitating minutes. Um, I, I can't wait to get him back off ball again. The spur, you, you still have to start K Nunn. I like this idea that's out there. It's like, oh, Avery's coming back and he's starting. Avery Bradley ain't starting shit in this team. He's not even really that good uh, as a ball player, at least this season, right? Avery Bradley is still a professional NBA player, but this season he's not doing so well. Um, that doesn't mean you can't play him. He's still a great point of point of attack defender. Uh, he's still going to give you minutes as a facilitator. Like I just kind of don't want Kendrick playing 40 minutes with the ball in his hand constantly. And I don't want Goran having to play 30 minutes a game. So getting Avery back is super helpful. Letting Mo Harkless figure out what's going on with his body. Uh, maybe his legs can grow into his arms a little bit. I, like, I don't know what's going on with that guy, but it, it, giving this team some time to rest and, and Jimmy to, uh, get a break. I, I don't think does us any bad. Yeah, it 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 does make sense, and that's exactly what Jimmy Butler said as well in, in his last game, post game interview. He said that as well. He said, you know, we're ready for some rest now, so hopefully they can get that a nice week off, um, and then come back to, you know, what are what the Miami Heat are historically good at, which is we are a better team after the All Star break, second half of the season. We normally are a better Heat team historically, so that's going to be interesting. Before we come on to uh, the second half of the season, let's just reflect quickly overall on the first half. What was your first, your favourite memory? And that can be whatever you want, whether it be a play, a game, a performance, anything. What was your favourite moment going back, looking back on the first half of this season? I, I want the audience to be with me on this. Just envision with me you, the court and Mo Harkless with his very nice braids. His braids are always very nice. He's closing out on the defender and he closes out so hard he ends up in the second row. And instead of coming back onto the court, Mo Harkless runs behind the scorer's table. <laughs> he runs the entire length of the court in the crowd. Gets to the other end of the court just to watch Duncan brick a three and his head goes right down to the floor and runs back on defense. as the best moment of the season. I love it. I could watch it 50 more times. I've already seen it a thousand. Uh, what's yours, man? Oh, Mo, that is yeah, poor old Mo, brilliant. Mine actually is from the commentary booth, believe it or not, because oh, the, yeah, just yeah. It, it, absolutely hilarious moment where John Crotty, I can't even remember the play now, but John Crotty, everything is a situation with John Crotty, as we know. And this was him saying to Eric Reed, that's why we called it a butter situation, Eric. <laughs> to which Eric said, why do they call it a butter situation, John? To which John replied, uh, I don't know, Eric. <laughs> Do we, Tony, do we know what a butter situation is? Do we ever get behind this? No, I do. I do have a, a general idea. It's a little greasy, uh, a little slippery, a little oily, but I'm still trying to figure it out myself. I've been putting butter in all kinds of scientific experiments to figure out what a butter situation is. Have you gotten any closer, Dan? I've no idea. No, I'll have to try and ask John. I'll say, John, have we done some research of what this uh, what this butter situation was ever ever was? Because uh, yeah, ask it, ask John to run the percentiles on butter. Uh, yeah. I'm sure he'll be happy to do that. He'll look into the basketball b-ball index uh, of, of what Butter has done in the last 50 years. That, He's got you. That should clear it up, definitely. But yeah, that was a fantastic thing. And of course, Heat Twitter just roared after that. There were some fantastic memes and, and comments going off there. So that was my, that was my ridiculous favourite moment of the first half of the season, which has nothing to do with basketball at all, but it was great. Um, okay, so now we're about to move on to the second half of the season. Um as I said already, we historically get better. Um, what do we think, first of all, before we come on to, we start looking ahead at potential matchups and things like that. First and foremost, what do the Miami Heat need to get better at for the second half of the season? 
Uh, they have to maintain health. I mean, you can't get better at being healthy, but I, there's a, the, the, the cop-out answer, or the fun heat Twitter answer is we need, you know, you gotta get a four or you need some size or you need another ball handler. I mean, this team needs a lot of crap, but this is what you got. And if you want to make it to a top four seed with this squad, they got to stay healthy. Uh, you have the, the fourth easiest remaining strength of schedule, seventh overall strength of schedule, um, it's there shouldn't be a problem with us winning games it just depends on if we play down the competition and how hurt we get during the second half of the season so again another reason why i think rest is so important because yeah. you could continue playing games yeah through the all-star break as soon as jimmy or bam gets hurt again i'm like that's your season man so to me get these guys healthy start rolling out more minutes of avery bradley spelling goron more you can play them in the fourth you can have them close out games Hopefully we win these games. I mean, there's the second half of the season really should solidify our third to fourth playoff spot. I, I think that's where we end up. Yeah. Do you see? You, you mentioned third to fourth. So do do you see with this schedule? It is pretty. I mean, you know, it won't happen, of course. But we will go into every single one of the rest of the games in March as the favorite because the schedule yeah. is really. I think we've only got three games uh with teams above uh, 0.500 or above and one of them is the new york knicks uh we've got the, 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 i think the knicks the suns and the and the trailblazers so all of these games are very much winnable um so do you see us ever you know penetrating that top three is are, are we looking at, are they just too far out, out drift from us now or is there a chance i i hope so um you need you need some help we need some help with that third seed. You need some other teams to lose. It doesn't feel like the Nets are slowing down anytime soon. Uh, it, it really doesn't feel like Philadelphia is slowing down anytime soon. And as much as the Nets look like the clear and obvious choice to come out of the East, that Philly squad scares the hell out of me because yeah. I, I just don't see a way you defend them. With the Nets, you can you can hope that they're they're fresh with each other and they're not going to be ready to perform in the playoffs as a unit and no one's going to know when to score and take over that probably won't happen but there's hope of that but that philly squad they look like they're they're kicking all the tires man like they're they're oiled and really moving well um so it's hard to judge a season off the first half i know we have to to a level i don't like to I'd, I'd feel better evaluating these teams going into the playoffs and right now, but that Philly squad looks really good and I'm scared of them. Uh, everybody else though feels super beatable. The Knicks feel really beatable. Uh, the Milwaukee feels beatable. I'm not too worried about the rest of the East, but those two with our team, I'm very scared of. Yeah, I think that's uh, spot on really, because I think yeah, Philly do look uh, quite incredible. You know, they're, their size and their shooting, they've addressed the issues now that they, they that were so glaringly obvious last year. Um, so we've got Joe MB playing at MVP caliber basketball. And uh, yeah, they look really, really uh, a real good outfit. Uh, with the Nets, you know, the, the superstar power, doesn't matter what you you, you criticise about them, superstar power is always going to uh, prevail because, you, you know, you can keep a James Harden quiet if you're lucky. You can keep a uh, Kyrie luck, uh, quiet if you're lucky. You're not going to keep all three, especially one, when one of them's KD. So they're always going to cause a problem. So I don't fancy fancy um my chances against the nets the bucks don't bother me at all man they, they, they do not bother me we you know that they, they've still got the same sort of issues there the same problems the same coach this you know we 
I'm, I'm just I'm not a big fan of the Milwaukee basketball. I think that they've they're very one dimensional, and I think we're quite set up well to beat them. So they don't bother me. And to be honest, as I said, there's nobody else really in there that we, that would worry me. The Celtics have got their issues. Um, be, I mean, a lot of this is all going to be dependent on what happens around trade deadline. But you know, the the going back the other way, there's no chance you see us here because just as close as we are to those top three, four, top four teams, etc. We're just as close, really, going the other way, all the way down to 10th, 11th, 12th. We don't want to be getting into a play-in situation here, do we? No, I don't think that. So I, I'm trusting a lot to Jimmy Butler and the culture that's set inside that locker room to not play down the competition. I, I don't think this squad is one that will do that. We might slip a game or two here and lose to, like, an Atlanta. Um, but he's kicking their ass in the locker room the next morning. It's, it's just not a team that I feel would be comfortable with losing any, any large amount of these games. So the hope is, is that you don't have to have Jimmy do it on every night. And that as we go through the second half of the season, Bam can like analyze himself more and start to address some of the, uh, some of the shooting uh, and lack of like basket attacking that he does. The thing is Bam, even on our off night is still scoring around 20 points and impacting a game defensively. So my issues with Bam aren't as heavy as he Twitter likes to make them out to be, but, but he needs to attack switches. Like there's no reason that guy shouldn't be attacking every single switch he gets. I like, he has to start backing down defenders when they switch on him. He has to start attacking the rim. So hopefully some time off and like a coach in his ear for two weeks or, and Jimmy in his ear for two weeks, letting them know like, Hey, that's the one place we're adjusting. And Oh, I think that's also a good answer for what's the one thing we need to do. If Bam can attack the fucking switch, we'll win more games. <laughs> we will win more games. Yes. Very, very well said. And I think he yeah, he knows it as well. It's just he's got to believe in himself so that, that he's better than what he is. Um, yeah, he's got everything in his game. We've seen that he's added the jumper to it, which has dropped off a little bit now. But yeah, you're, you're totally right. He's too very... I know we played a dribble handoff. That's a big part of his game, but uh, that's a big part of our game. But he has got to, exactly as you say, attack that switch a lot more. Uh, not just be this quarterback waiting to pass the ball off. Just just go for it. Just go drive. And, uh, you know, you can become um, the, an, an even more special player than what we believe you can be. Um, th- this time last year, we was... Uh, in trade discussions, and we had the uh, the big trade that happened where we got rid of uh, Winslow, Johnson, James Johnson, and um, Dion Waiters, and in came Iguodala and Jay Crowder, which turned us really from play uh, playoff locks or sort of challenge hopefuls into genuine title contenders. Um, we we switched three players that weren't playing into two that were very much um, part of our run towards the finals last year. Now, do we expect things to happen of the similar ilk do we expect that tweak to happen there was a um there was a, a trade that has been floated out there just before we came on last time which um we think might not happen now but that is that of blake griffin um blake's likely to look like he's going to go to the nets but we have been linked with him what are your thoughts on blake do you uh do you think there's still something to offer there yeah um i i'm confused as to how the heat can turn away anybody who wants to play basketball does he want to play okay great sign him like we right now we have two guys in the team well three guys in the team that literally contribute to losing uh almost like in double digit trackable numbers kz chris silva 
and Mo Harkless literally contribute to losing basketball games when they play. So I, I'm at, I'm of the mindset here that if Blake Griffin wants to be here. You offer him if he, if he's available and he's taking the call. Like, don't embarrass yourself. Don't let a report go out there like Danny Ainge that we almost got a guy. If you if he's gonna answer the call, you offer him the disabled player exception right now. You do it right now, the full thing, not piece of it. Um, you offer the whole thing, which I think is five point seven million dollars, and and don't give a shit about that number because it doesn't matter. We're already capped. Like, it, the luxury line is seven point seven. You're a okay. Just give him the full exception. He's going to be a size piece. Uh, he's not moving well laterally. I'll give you that. I, I totally understand. He's not going to play a ton of minutes. That's another thing, too. He's got to be okay with not playing 30 minutes a game because he, yeah. he won't. Kelly, Kelly's too good. Yeah, I He's just too good, and he's and, and Iggy, too. And honestly, I think there's a conversation that you have to have with him about, it. dude, you might not be as good as this Iguodala guy. Yeah. This Iguodala guy is still dunking, man. You're not dunking anymore. But saying that still, the bar isn't, is he better than Kelly? For, for me, personally, it's about adding versatile defensive pieces to close out games and in certain situations. As long as he's okay with contributing however he needs to to win a championship, you get him. And you offer him the full 5.7. Yeah, I think that's absolutely spot on. I think that um, that was my main concern is we, we know he's not the player that he was. He's lost that explosion. He's, lo- lo- he's got too much on his legs now. So it, we're not expecting that from him. I don't think anybody would. But my main concern is I don't want him taking valuable minutes away from people that are playing well, i.e. Iguodala and, and Kelly. But, you know, you would you would exactly what you said. You would rather have Blake on your team than KZ at Parler, who's doing nothing, contributing to losing. As you said, Chris Silver is not contributing. So, yeah, I mean, that that is, for me, it's not anything that you would want. And I think so, this is something that you've addressed as well on one of your podcast episodes. I think want is a strong word, but you would take him. You would absolutely yeah, take him. So, yeah, uh, want is definitely a strong word. I don't want Blake Griffin, yeah, exactly. but he's there. And and we need somebody. Yeah, so absolutely spot on. There was one other name that popped up. As you said, there's always people that pop every day. There's a new name. But did I see something about Carl Anthony Towns? Where did yeah, this come I think, from? I, I think I also saw something about Carson Wentz as well. <laughs> um, Michael Jordan, uh, Bob Cousy's corpse uh, was in the, the news attached to the heat. <laughs> Uh, this is uh, stupid, and and aggregators uh, and Twitter folks have broken a pattern of, you, you know what good teams do? Check on every single player. So you know what you can do if you need an article written? Say that that team was checking on some other player. Uh, and that's what's happening right now with uh, news reporting and, and media in yeah. the NBA. It's really crappy. Uh, Carl Anthony Towns is, doesn't deserve to – be in the media like that he's having a hard enough season as it is and he yeah. deals with a lot of nonsense off the court so it sucks for him it sucks for us because now pat has to answer questions i'm sure to reporters all day um but yeah no carl anthony towns ain't coming here uh yeah. uh carl anthony towns probably doesn't even want to be here after jimmy destroyed his ass so yeah. i i don't I don't yeah. think it's a problem. But that's probably if you ask if you was to give me one of the one names in the league that definitely wouldn't be coming, that would probably top that list, Carlton Town. So uh yeah, it's a shame. It's clickbait nonsense. So uh yeah, we'll move on. One more name I'm gonna throw at you before we wrap up. Um right. and this is one that I know a lot of heat Twitter, especially one of our Heat Twitter Kings, uh Giancarlo Navas is on this train well and truly, and I'm pretty sure you are too. Harrison Barnes, how'd you like that? 
Yeah, the funny thing is, I'm on this Harrison Barnes train like so long before G. Nobody cares though. You know, my Twitter account only had like 50 follows. I'm talking about Harrison Barnes. You know, and then Gianni steals my takes just like he does with Nikias Duncan, steals all Nikias' takes. I'm just getting tired of it, honestly. You know, I'm coming for MHB next. I'm just going to tear it down. Listen, <laughs> G, G knows this. G, I support the Harrison Barnes propaganda like nothing else. And before, when I was chanting Harrison Barnes, I was an idiot because his contract was too much. And why would we ever give up a player for Harrison Barnes? And now I'm, I look like he Twitter hates me too, because now everybody who wanted Harrison Barnes is so fucking loud about, Hey, I told you. So now if you're a Harrison Barnes guy, you're like a super obnoxious heat fan, Yeah. but it's, it's true. Listen, the defense is exactly what it's going to be this year, which in truth and reality it ain't stopping nobody and it ain't hurting you. So guess what? The only other way to go, there's no piece that you can add right now. That's going to make your defense a world builder. So the only other way to go is an offensive minded player that sustains that defensive, like consistency. Harrison Barnes is that guy He's a three level scorer. He defends decent enough, but the one piece that we're not talking about here is that he facilitates well too. So yeah. he can spell Jimmy. Jimmy doesn't have to play the whole game. He doesn't have to play every single minute LeBron's on the floor, right? Or, or Giannis or whoever he's guarding up against. He can sit every now and again, let Harrison Barnes take some minutes. Harrison Barnes can isolate. He can run a pick and roll. Like Harrison Barnes is the guy. That's the yeah. target for me. Yeah. So yeah, that's the target for you. So that, that, if you had to choice between Barnes and Christian Wood, you would, you would go with Barnes? No. <laughs> I would go for Christian Wood. Christian Wood ain't it, it, to me isn't a realistic option though. I mean, nah, it, the, they're they're rebuilding with him. Yeah. Uh, in a hypothetical world, though, where Christian Wood is is a target, it's Christian Wood. I take Christian Wood because I said there's no pieces that's out there that would make your defense a world beater. But if Christian Wood is out there, he makes your defense a world beater. Yeah, I, I like I like the fit for for Barnes. I think I, I'm with you. I'm on that train. I think that would be a good acquisition. Do we expect? then do we expect not necessarily this player but do we expect tweaks to be made here yeah but it ain't gonna be barnes no nah. they, they're, they're not doing it. i mean i don't i say that i i don't have any sources on that and i don't have any confidence in understanding who the fuck pat riley is but they're gonna want a piece sacramento they're young they're yeah. they're building they're gonna want to make sure that they're still competing they're gonna want tyler they're i mean that's probably the guy they would want is tyler mm. um cheap organizationally controlled contract uh, precious I, I don't think it's that deal done so that means that we're starting to look at the rudy gates and the pj tuckers yeah so yeah. yeah okay yeah it should be interesting um i expect something to be done I, again i'm I, I am with you i don't think it will be um it will be barnes just because i don't think we'll want to give up that piece which is uh, a bit maybe frustrating I, I, I don't do it if it's tyler i would seriously consider it if it's duncan um Precious, I, I, I would be happy as well if it, if it was him. So we'll see. Look, as you said, who knows what's going on? Pat, we'll, we'll leave it in the very trusty hands of Pat Riley. Uh, he's been here, done it several I just, times before. I, I just want to say I would probably think more about Tyler than I would Duncan, just to play against that take. Yeah. Um, with the reason that you pull a Harrison Barnes is to take your offense to the next level. If you trade, to me, this is just my opinion. If you trade Duncan, you're giving up offense. 
Like yeah. Harrison Barnes isn't going to replace what Duncan gives you. So if the move is to get as offense is to get as defensively powerful as possible, then I understand trading Duncan. Uh, but I don't in the situation where it's like you, you need to keep your offense. Cause a lot of what Harrison Barnes can do, Tyler can do as well. Mm. And there's not many things that Tyler can do that Harrison can't. Yeah, I mean, Tyler's point. floater is really great. But any rebounds exceptionally well for his position, but I don't know what else they have. So if I'm trading somebody in that situation, I'm trading Tyler. But guess what? This is a moot point because I ain't trading either one of them yeah. for, for Harrison Barnes, I don't think. No, no, I agree. No, it's a good point. It's a good point. We'll see what happens. It's going to be very interesting. Uh, Tony, it's been brilliant again talking to you after yeah, that man time. um yeah, you're bre- you're you're new to the podcasting game um your fantastic podcast in the lane um is already one of my favorites it's so, so uh, firmly in my podcasting rotation what annoys me about it man is you're so damn good at it i mean that you listen to me uh, as all of my listeners know i mean i, I sort of stutter and i'm an r through it but i do my best i'm just a fan you know i'm no i'm not a media you know guy or anything like that but when i listen to you and you just pick up the mic and all your fantastic guests you so far and it's so seamless man you're so good you annoy me how have you oh you're this good uh you know man i'm just out here waffling you know i don't know part of england you're from that that might not have landed right uh i dude i just listen uh i've built a a character and a persona and a show that i can replicate over and over and over again so uh, it's really thanks to you, honestly, uh, Miami, UK, MHB, Five Reasons. You guys put in this media blueprint for me to kind of take and steal from and and uh, just, you know, just abuse all your fans and content to make my own and, and you know, be a blood-sucking leech. And, you know, I'm just good at that, I'm really good at that. Uh, and, and in return, I, I kind of want to support you folks as much as I can, and hopefully we can kind of grow this little heat media world as big as possible. Yeah, it's, it's nothing but just constant fun for me. That's why I do this. It's just, as I say, well, I'm no expert. I just love doing it. Love being able to talk to brilliant guys like yourselves. And um, yeah, if you're not listening, please go and follow um, the oh, In you, The Lane podcast because it is great. It really is great. And it will continue to get better and better. Um, Tony, first of all, before I let you go, please let everyone know where they can find you on socials. Yeah, all my social media is exactly the same. It's at Twisted Tapioca, all one word. Uh, the podcast is obviously called In the Lane, a Miami Heat podcast. Uh, you can find that on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, Google, wherever you get your podcast, you're going to be able to find it there. I made sure of that. Uh, and outside of that, I mean, it's just Twitter, right? Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, all Twisted Tapioca. My terrible, terrible takes are on Twitter. Uh, don't follow me there. It's a warning. Please, God, you're going to hate yourself if you do it. Um, but yeah, man, it's been great. It has been great. Yeah, keep doing your thing, man, because it is brilliant. Uh, and thank you once again. And I apologise for last uh, the, the last <laughs> mix-up. We've all had technical problems in the past. You were telling me about one or two of yours recently, which made me feel a lot better because I was pig sick after that last episode. But hey-ho, we've done it now. Thank you so much for joining me, my man. Of course. Thank you for having me. No problem. Right, guys, we'll be back next week. We've got Ethan Skolnick hopefully on with us next week on Heating Up the UK. We've also got an episode of the Heat Hub coming up. Um, uh, that should be back end of next week. Got three guests, which I won't reveal just yet because I'm waiting for one to confirm. Um, and we will have... Um, oh, and don't forget, please, to subscribe to the YouTube channel Miami Heat UK TV. And remember to enter our giveaway 
competition on our Twitter feed. Go and have a look at that. I'll make sure it's at the top as close as possible several times. We need about another 30 odd f- uh, subscribers for this to happen. So please go and uh, and subscribe to our channel and retweet hey, your one, chance. Hey, one more thing. Can I plug if you don't mind? Go for it. Hey, uh, I have in the, the next two guests I have coming on are going to be uh, Clutch Adams, Alana and uh, and they're both from Five Reasons. And then this coming up Wednesday, I have David P. Sampson, the ex-president of the Miami Marlins, is going to be on for a short Ooh. interview. So if you guys want any uh, cool interview content, obviously NBA trade talk, I'm going to have Clutch on, then I'm going to have Sampson. So wow. that you talking about that made me think about that. I'm like, God, let me actually be a fucking entertainer <laughs> for a second and plug something. Absolutely brilliant. No, that is fantastic. I will absolutely, I'll be delighted to uh, to listen to that one. That's that's great work. So yes, go and check that out. Check our stuff out as well. Everyone keep safe. We'll be back uh, with the usual in-game coverage and so on. Like, uh, Game Day from the UK will be back once the All-Star break is finished. Until then, everybody, stay safe, stay well, and we'll see you next week. Take it easy. You've been listening to Heating Up the UK. Be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts to ensure you never miss a show. Also, go give us a follow on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook by finding our page at the Miami Heat UK. And subscribe to our YouTube channel, Miami Heat UK TV, for our latest shows and fun content. That's your Miami Heat from across the pond. Covered. Thanks for listening.